previously on Improv Tabletop, finding themselves deep down in the mines which were connected to the sewers in a place where all their friends had been kidnapped by ghosts, our heroes hidden some barrels from Rick Moranis, who was possessed by a terrible demonic force that gave him great strength. They managed to escape with the rest of the villagers, but they uh, got into a big old tussle with Rick Moranis. He kept trying to get him back. They kept trying to escape. It was a big mess. There was prismatic shards. There was very erudite and urbane bug discussions. Eventually, they finally managed to get down a ladder into the Adventurer's Guild building where they ran into Marlin, who was able to reverse engineer the proton pistols that our friend Patrick had and give them to Bob and Louise. And he gave them an elevator back up to the surface and he was holding off Rick Moranis as they escaped over to Rasmodius's wizard tower using Lewis's pickup truck to get there. When they got up to the top, Rasmodius gave them some information about the community center. It was built by a weird cultist dude who's trying to summon an ancient Hittite deity. Who could have seen this coming? After they got this information, they were going to drive over the community center, but the pickup truck had been hijacked by Fector, the evil final boss of Journey of the Prairie King. They managed to blast him off again, Team Rocket style, and as they headed over to the community center, bringing horses this time, they got to the community center and discovered the entire place was overrun with the undead and an evil voice cackled from the clouds above. What's going to happen here in our finale episode? Let's find out here in the world of Starboo Valley. What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Rick Moranis, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Justin Porter, AKJP, and honey, I shrunk the kids. McKenna Steele... That's it. <laughs> nice. Okay. <laughs> Th- Thomas Ryan, uh, Al Capone dropped out of school in sixth grade. You <gasps> too can be a mob boss. Al Capone fun fact. I've been doing not as good in my life. As Al Capone did? As Al Capone dropping out in sixth grade. I found that on an Al Capone fun facts for kids website. Here's a fun facts for kids. Um, it said Al Capone had street smarts. He dropped out of school in sixth grade. Street, street smarts. smarts. Well, now that we have Al Capone fun facts showing up in our fake campaigns, you might say we've crossed the streams a little bit. <laughs> oh, 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 what a guy. Oh, that's a day brightener. Oh. Well, everybody, we have a big old finale ahead of us. Uh, probably a big old battle we'll see what's going on but you see before you the community center overrun with all kinds of bad guys and bob had just told his friends to stay behind him bob what would you like to do oh i'm using my sheriff's badge all right (laughs) right off the bat flashing the badge so this finale is only going to be like five minutes long just to let you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm just gonna solve it don't worry um yeah i'm gonna use my sheriff's badge and i'd also like to do a second thing i want to search through the trash and see if I can find the wagon wheel power-up specifically. Okay, okay. Let's have you roll with Clever to see if you can find it. What's the difficulty going to be for this, for the wagon wheel? We're going to put that at a difficulty of three, I think, to find this other power-up. Can I use a fate point immediately? <laughs> you can. Okay, because I got one. Ooh. And then I got two. All right, I guess it'll find it. You can use another fate point. I gotta save him a little. I'm, I'm gonna help out. I got my PKA meter to help find it. Oh, nice. <laughs> it would be kind of spooky, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Because like, if you're a ghost having escaped from the video game, then the other things escaping from the video game would also be giving off ghostly energies. Mm-hmm. So I found whatever you need. I don't know what you need this for, kid, but there you go. Thanks, Pat. 
I'm going to go in there. I'm going to shred these ghosts down to their last atom. <laughs> and then I'm going to use the sheriff's badge and the wagon wheel, yes. um, which the wagon wheel in the game shoots bullets out of you in every direction. But when you combine it with the sheriff's badge, it does it like Mach 10. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess we're going to give you two free invokes on every roll you make while these are active. Uh, I'm going to roll just regular D6 to see how long we're going to let this be active for. Uh, really quick, I turn to Louise and I'm like, if this is two drink Bob, I'd hate to see three drink Bob. It's not a pretty sight. <laughs> uh, this is going to be active for three rounds, these two power-ups. Stay close. And I'm just going to ride in on the horse. All right. Bullets spraying everywhere. Okay, roll two, attack with flashy, I suppose. And I get double invokes? Double free invokes, yeah. Can I use both? Yeah. All right, that's plus four, right? Plus four with both the invokes. In addition, okay, so that's plus eight? Plus eight. I'm going to roll for these ghoulies and ghosties to see if they're able to dodge out of the way in time. That's plus two that they got. So that's six shifts of damage uh, against, well, I mean, it's shooting off in all directions. So basically every Ghoulian ghosty within visible range. Uh, so yeah, you just start plowing through these things like a grim harbinger of death. And uh, you're able to make it to the front door of the community center without really any issue. All right, get in. I'm going to kick the door open from my horse. All right, you get into the front lobby area of the community center and you hear like weird rustling and creaking noises coming from all kinds of different directions. Like, oh, is there something in that room? Oh, I don't see anything. Is there something in that room? Oh, it must have slipped in my vision. What's going on? Where is kind of the locus of power happening here in the community center? Uh, I pull out the PKE meter and start going around. All right, go ahead and roll to overcome with clever. Flat zero. Ooh, there is like so much spiritual energy going on in this room that your PKE meter is wigging out. Like every single direction you turn, you're getting weird readings going on. Well, we can definitely rule out that it's paranormal in here. And I put that thing back. <laughs> well, I mean, the altar's at the top. All right, well, let's find some stairs or something. All right, so you start looking around to see if there are some stairs, some way that you can get to the top of the building here. Let's have Louise, you go ahead and roll with Clever to see if you can find something. Plus two? Plus two. All right. So like you enter the community center and you go right and then you go up and there's this big office looking place with a huge safe in the back. Mm -hmm. uh, you hear this noise coming from that room. And as you peer through, you can see there's like this weird light emanating from the cracks around the door to the safe and like little sparks of electricity popping out of it. And you hear this weird like roaring noise coming from the other side. I'm gonna go try and open it. All right. It does appear to be locked. How would you like to try and get into the safe? I got this one. Oh, you got I, this one? Yeah, because I, I remember specifically when I did my, my special powers, the B PKE meter, I said that it would be like the Doctor Who sonic screwdriver can do like anything. That's right. Nice. So I'm going to use the PKE meter to open it. All right. Rule two overcome with clever. Three. All right. Yeah. Louise, you put away your explosives that you were getting so excited to use to book <sighs> this safe. Later, friends. But you hear a click on the inside of the, like the tumblers falling into place. And as you slowly open up the door, you can see there's like a pathway 
leading into the safe, going beyond the back of the safe, beyond the back of the room, beyond the back of the community center, leading off into the strange, like, light-filled realm outside of your own. I, I guess we go in? Let's roll. As you step inside, you hear that voice from the clouds above come back, that chuckle. <laughs> I must thank you, Bob, for freeing me of my physical form. Now I can take on a new physical form, one of your own imagining. Choose and perish. All right, everybody, do not think anything. <laughs> Just think blank. Clear your mind. Think blank. Think blank. Everybody, roll to overcome with clever to see if you can remove all thoughts from your mind <laughs> against a difficulty of, let's say, two, three, two, three. You, most of you aren't all that clever. Let's say two. I got three. I got two. I just want to show you guys what I rolled. Whoa. Ooh, four minuses. That's bad. That's really bad. That's the worst it can be. Uh, that really is the worst it can be. Um, um, ah, ha, ha. I am going to use a fate point all right. to invoke. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. That definitely makes sense to me. Ah, that makes it a plus three. Okay, ha, ah. so that is a success. Oh, thank goodness. I, hmm, I, I've got an idea. Patrick, your trouble is walking red flag. Mm-hmm. Are there any uh, X's in Patrick's life? Oh, there's plenty of X's. Plenty oh, of X's. No. Uh, is there any particular X who maybe would be especially at the front of his mind in a time where he's going through traumatic events? Yeah, I'm going to say her name is Linda. All right. Because the only thing I could think of is we have a Bob, a Louise. We just need a Linda for Bob's <laughs> burgers to happen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. If you would like to accept this compel, I could give you a fate point if you just, you know, think about Linda for a second. All right. I do it. All right. You get your fate point and uh, you hear the voice from above say, it has been chosen. You look into this sort of nightmare realm that you find yourselves in, and there's a staircase leading up to a door to the top of the community center. All right, let's go up towards the staircase. You open up the door, and as you do, you see on the other side, like, it takes a while to open the door because this torrential wind coming from the other side. But as you push it open, you can see in the center of the roof of the community center, there's this weird altar. And standing on top of it, the source of all of this wind that's blasting back at you. Patrick, tell us what Linda looks like. Um, she's... (laughs) I mean, spitting image of Linda from Bob's Burgers, if you've ever seen that. Brilliant. And she sounds just like her, too. Oh, go Ned. (laughs) Do you know Linda's- She turns around and (laughs) she says, Patrick, (laughs) you should have asked the witch to make me forget all about you. Ah, Linda. Is is this a good Linda voice? I don't know. Yeah. It's really not horribly far off. Okay. (laughs) And she she turns to- Uh, your compatriots and says now that I have taken on a grander form than that which I was programmed with to begin with Fecta now Linda now powerful beyond belief and she points her finger at the sky and lightning shoots out of her fingertips into the clouds I feel like she would sing a song as she does that too Oh, I'm full of energy. Yeah, Lightning exactly. into the clouds today. <laughs> this is ridiculous. 
and maybe the lightning will shoot you as well oh. and make you feel like you gotta pay for breaking my heart. Evan's gonna cry. <laughs> You're breaking Evan's heart right now. <laughs> I have not seen much Bob's Burgers, if I'm being completely honest. But that's exactly spot on, though, so you're good. Oh, no, your song was perfect, Linda. Yeah. Okay. That, was a, that was a Linda song right there. All right, I'm glad that I have subconsciously tapped into the collective unconscious of Linda Belcher. <laughs> um, so, yeah, as she finishes this song, she does a little spin on her heels and then does like finger guns and shoots lightning in the direction of you three. Ah! Uh, let's have everybody roll to defend. Uh, how would you like to try and uh, not get struck by this lightning? In a split second, I just jump out of the way. All right, sounds quick to me. Yeah, I think I'll just duck. All right, let's have you roll quick as well. Um, I'm going to lay flat on the ground, literally flat on the ground. Flat on the ground. Oh, ooh, very flat on the ground. Since you are invoking your pixeliness, I think we can have you roll with flashy. We are going to have Linda roll to attack with flashy as well. Linda gets a plus seven. Oh gosh. Dang it. Okay, I did not pass. I got a zero. Ooh. I got a three. I got a plus six. And I'm going to invoke a fate point. Can I invoke I Unafraid to Know Ghosts again? You can. And bring it up to eight because I'm just going to add two. All right. Yeah. You duck quick enough, but you see the lightning arcs towards your two friends here. And she says, sister, I got no beef with you. Girls got to respect and empower each other in these trying times. Yeah, they do. Um, and listen, I know something about exes and I know that it's really, really hard. I hate him so much. Lightning, lightning. Uh, so uh, what again did each of you roll for that defend? I got a three. Zero. All right. So that means, JP, you would take four stress and Thomas, you would take seven stress. <gasps> would either of you like to fate point that? I yeah. want a fate point, please. All right. Uh, yeah. Describe uh, which aspect you feel like would be most appropriate there and uh, how you use it to your advantage. I would like to use... The trash contains many treasures and secrets. While I was digging through the trash, I found an especially nice mirror. Ooh. Yeah, you did. And I want to hold it up while I lay down. All right, bring in a little bit of flashback energy. Go ahead and uh, either re-roll or add two. I think I'll re-roll on that one, yeah. All right. Minus one. Ooh. I got worse. I got all negatives. Girl. I guess I'm just going to die. I don't care. <laughs> you can use a different aspect if you want. Just fry me. That's it. Our, our whole one that was supposed to end the campaign in five minutes just died. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when you take stress, there are two different ways that you can mitigate stress. We have a stress track, which is uh, similar in purview to hit points. Uh, you start the game with six stress. Bob, you've already taken one stress from earlier on in the campaign. So as soon as you can take no more stress, then you're out of the game. But we do also have consequences as well. You can take up to three consequences. There's a two stress consequence, a four stress consequence, and a six stress consequence. And if you mitigate stress by taking a consequence, that becomes an aspect on your character that sticks around with you and can potentially be invoked by your enemies at a future time. Um, but since you're taking eight stress, uh, we'll, we'll let you, we'll let, I can't remember off the top of my head whether a reroll means you need to take the first or the second. We'll let you choose which one you want to go with. The one that does less. I think it's still seven stress though. Yeah, so seven stress. 
Uh, you could potentially take five of that as regular stress and then a two stress consequence, maybe. Or you could put it into like a four stress consequence and three regular stress. You can divvy it out as you please. I want the six stress consequence. Six stress consequence. What? All right. And one one regular stress. Okay. Uh, have you ever had dead pixels on a screen? No. Am I going to start disintegrating that? <laughs> yes. We are going to give you the six stress consequence dead pixels. You see like as Bob stands back up from where he fell prone, various pixels of his body have just like winked out and he's full of all of these pixely holes. Swiss cheese. Bob! <laughs> oh, that didn't feel very good. Linda, Bob did nothing to you. I'm going to stick my hand through one of the holes in me. <laughs> oh, Bobby. Ah, uh. uh, this hurts. Oh, Bob, don't worry about it. You'll get home for it. Unless I kill you first. Uh, Patrick, uh, did you want to do something to try and mitigate some stress, or are you going to stick with the four? Yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna do invoke my I'm a walking red flag, um, <laughs> and I'm just going to be like, you... <laughs> Linda, all I said, all I said was that we shouldn't be eating burgers, that you probably could look better if you ate a salad. Oh, wow. GG, man. Um, I'm on Linda's side here. <laughs> Just want to put that on the record. Yeah, I I'm trying to decide if I should allow that to give you a benefit to your role. <laughs> I mean, the sheer brazenness alone should count for something. Yeah, kind of take her aback a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, would you like to add two or re-roll? I'm going to add two because it's there's no way I'm going to get a seven. So let's just go five. All right. So as you say that, she just walks over and she forgets lightning. She just slaps you across the face. <laughs> uh, you take two stress from that. Okay. Linda, I respect that. That was deserved. Very deserved. Just as deserved as me coming in and reshaping this world in my own image to my own desires and whims. And she points her finger over at uh, the Star Drop Saloon, and as the energy shoots out of her finger towards it, you see it explodes into shards of wood and various other bits of building materials, and then the explosion slows, and they all come slamming back together. Uh, I don't know too much about Linda Belcher, but what do you think a building designed by Linda Belcher would look like? It looks Bob's just like burgers. Bob's Burgers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. It turns into a restaurant. I am going to fill this valley with chain franchises. Joja Mott sponsored all of them. And she points over at the blacksmith shop and it explodes and boom, turns into a Joja Mart sponsored Bob's Burgers franchise. No, no, Linda, Linda, Linda. And I'm going to go stand in front of her so she can't shoot anymore. And I'm going to say, Linda, doing this makes you just as bad as Patrick was to you. Yeah. Do you want to be like him? Yeah. Roll to overcome with flashy, I think. Do you think that makes sense? What do you think makes sense there? I feel like flashy or clever. Which are the same for you. Yeah, which are the same for me, so it doesn't matter anyways. <laughs> yeah, at least it's not careful. Yeah, no, let's not make it careful. All right. <sighs> um. If you need, I, I have, I, I want to help. I'm scared. How would you help? Invoke, invoking my red flag again. I, nope, nope, nope. No, I'm not allowing that. I'm not allowing that happen. Uh, it'll help. It'll help. We've done enough damage there with our red flags. No, it'll help because it'll focus. She'll focus just on me then. What would you say? And I'll decide if I allow help. <laughs> I say, Linda, Linda, it never would have worked out. I don't do well with kids. Wait, wait. 
after he helps, can I invoke my terrible aim and aim for Linda but shoot Patrick? <laughs> That's how I help, is shooting Patrick. Let's hear what McKenna rolled. Well, I'm debating if I want to re-roll. <laughs> well, well, what, you can always re-roll after you tell me what the result is if you want. Right now, it is... Uh, it is a zero. A zero. All right. I'm going to roll for Linda just to see, you know, just to see. She's going to roll with Clever to try and stave off your approach. She gets a plus two. But my help. I don't want your help. And my yeah. help. <laughs> How many fate points you got left? I got one fate point left. You could bring it up to a tie right now. I could. Yeah, I'm going to bring it up to a tie. All right. Which of your aspects are you going to invoke for that? Um, I'm going to invoke Shiny and hoping that maybe she also has the same trouble as me. Mm. And I'm going to give her one of my promise rings and say, one of? hey, I, I got 10 fingers. She's got so many promise rings and there's so many pigeons around or whatever it was. Wasn't it? <laughs> I know. So many doves out here. So doves. That's doves what it was. Doves, yes. <laughs> Linda, believe me. I know what it's like to deal with really bad heartbreak and crappy guys, but this is a promise ring of friendship. And maybe with the power of friendship, we don't have to worry about it anymore because when you have a friend to help you through the bad times, it's not so bad. She reaches out and she takes the promise ring and she says, Darling, I like you. We'll be friends. And you're right. I don't want to be anything like Patrick. And she looks over at him and gives him a once over. He's too human. One head, two legs, two arms. I don't want to be anything like Patrick. And you see she starts to morph. Her arms, each finger splits into a tentacle and her arms all split into tentacles as well all the way up. Her mouth opens up and then another mouth opens up beneath it and another beneath that. Oh my gosh, it's like the office space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she starts to grow into this sort of chthonic being of great power and unknowability and starts to shamble towards Patrick and she turns to you and says, don't worry, you're cool. I got no beef with you, but this bozo right here. And she balls up a bunch of her tentacles into one big fist and goes to take a swipe at Patrick. Uh, Patrick, how would you like to defend against this attack? Well, I'm going to invoke something I didn't know how I was going to invoke until recently. It's the audience suggestion, there is no valley, only Zool. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be like, I keep this only for special occasions. And I got another one of those Pokeball things and it's going to release Zool. Release Ooh. Zool? What? Yeah. You've just had Zool on you the whole time? Yeah, I mean, I it was too dangerous to just keep somewhere. I mean, someone could open it randomly, but I guess this is the only... You know, break in case of emergencies, am I right? <laughs> All right, yeah, go ahead and roll to defend. Actually, I think you're kind of turning this attack back on her. Roll to attack with Clever. Okay. She's attacking with Forceful. That's a plus five. Linda only got a plus four. Nice. So you see the trap explode right as she's about to hit you, and she goes backflipping across the roof of the community center, sprawling out. And as she looks up, standing between her and you is Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> yes. No. And uh, Sigourney Weaver turns back towards you, Patrick, and says, Are you the key master? Uh, babe, I'll be whatever you need me to be. And uh, she starts walking towards you, and Linda goes, 
oh, I am not going to see my ex get hit on right in front of me like this. And uh, she's going to try and attack Zool. <laughs> so she's completely distracted yep. by uh, what's going on here. Uh, so at this point, I'm not going to make them roll for this. I'm not going to make my NPCs roll against each other. They're caught in like this big kaiju battle. You see that uh, Sigourney Weaver, Dana, I guess, is the character's name. I should probably use the character's name instead of the <laughs> actress's name. Yeah. Dana also starts to like grow and morph. And you have these two like ancient Hittite deity kaijus battling against each other on top of the community center. Uh, what would you guys like to do? I think your town's toast. I'm sorry. No, we have to save the town. The town is toast when I say it's toast. I'm going to explode the community center. Come on. And then I'm going to go explode the community center. Oh, yeah. Easy as that. Roll with force. <laughs> uh, right, chop, chop. Let's go. I'll help because I did say in the last episode that I was going to use some experimental equipment that I have. And I have some like ghost exploding, I don't know, paranormal bombs in my bag. I go and I plant them around the community center. Yeah. And I'll, I'll plant some of my other bombs and explosives that I have. Just because if we can, if, if, here's the thing, if we can get out the honing beacon that is this, and she's distracted up there with their little battle going on, then we can just, because I'm assuming if we have lots of bombs, it'll explode lots of times. Um, so, and it'll explode the whole thing. And I actually have like a really good um, community center idea that actually I've been pitching for quite a while. Um, so this actually works out like pretty well in my favor um, if we explode it. So any objections? No, but I think I could help. All right, here's what I'm thinking. So this building being kind of the spiritual satellite that it is, it's all kinds of suffused with weird energy. And like you saw when she exploded those other buildings, they started exploding, but then they just reformed. The energy sucked them back together. Right. So you guys are going to need to find a few like key areas within sort of the lattice work of this spiritual network that are going to be particularly weak against these explosives. So let's have, uh, I guess, our paranormal investigator, let's have you roll with Clever to see if you can start locating one of these weak points. All right, and I pull out my PKE meter. Um, man, this is great. Plus five. Plus five, yeah. Uh, that's going to be success with style. Uh, you're looking around and you can see that there is one of these weak points. It's exactly in the very center of the front lobby, like in front of the fireplace that has the display up above it. Um, actually, you know, we'll put it in the center because like above the fireplace, there's that board that has the six little slots in it, kind of arranged in a circle. Mm -hmm. It's at the very center of those six little dots there in the middle of that board. All right, well, I plant one of my explosives there. All right, you get down there, and as you're, like, walking through, the roof starts to collapse in a certain area. I'm going to need everybody to roll to defend to avoid being struck by some of this falling debris. I'm thinking that could probably be quick, unless any of you have another way that you'd like to go with it. I'm fine with quick. Quick's good for me. Yeah, quick. I got a plus three. All right, roll to defend with quick against a difficulty of two. I got two. Plus three. I have plus three. All right. So all of you dodge out of the way. And as there's like this hole up in the ceiling now, you have just enough of a moment to hear Linda say, oh, you slap too hard. And then uh, they go back up into their battle. <laughs> and now, Louise, you also were going to look for a place to drop some explosives. Mm -hmm. Let's have you roll, I mean, probably clever as well to see if you can locate one of the areas. 
a zero. And you have no fate points left, you say? I have no fate points left. I used all my fate points. Can you donate fate points? But if I'm using my stunt explosives, technically. That's right, you haven't actually used your stunt yet. And also, real quick, I forgot to give JP your boost for success with style. Uh, your boost is going to be called a weakening in the field. Uh, you just have kind of a more innate sense. Like now that you've placed this first one, you're starting to attune more to these spiritual energies. And I'll say that you could give this boost to one of your friends if you feel like they need it as well. Yeah, I'll give it to Louise. Okay, I will use that boost then. Um, wait, what, what do I have to beat? Uh, you have to be a two. I'm at a zero and then I have, it would make me match a two, but I have to beat the two. Uh, if you tie on this overcome, then you would succeed at a minor cost. Okay, I'll succeed at a minor cost. All right, so you're looking around, you're thinking, okay, where could it where, where could it be? Uh, the fridge in the kitchen area. You think back to like, there was the door to the safe that seemed to have like some kind of portal behind it. Maybe there's a portal inside the fridge. You head over to the fridge and you open it up and there's a beast on the other side yelling, Zool! And you just like <laughs> put the explosives in there, close it real quick. <laughs> but uh, you do get a little bit of kind of ghost burn, like, like sunburn, I guess, ghost burn across your face. That's fine. Uh, we'll give you two stress for that. And now, Bob, you said that you are also going to help somehow. How is Bob going to help in this situation? I'm going to look through the trash. The trash contains many treasures and secrets. Yes. And I want to see if it happens to contain something called a screen nuke. Okay. A what? Okay. For, so in, in the Journey of the Prairie King game, there's an, an item called the screen nuke. And it That's destroys right. all enemies on the screen. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't do exactly that here, but it's got nuke in the name. So I thought that was cool. I like it. Yeah, roll two overcome with clever. That's a two. A two. All right. You look in the trash. And what do you see? A big old screen nuke staring right back at me. Oh, whoa. You hear Linda singing that from the top of the building. She's got a weird past. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over to Luis. Here's a screen nuke. I'm going to be very nonchalant about it, too. I don't want to make a big deal about the nuke. Oh, I think we could place that somewhere, too. I don't know where it goes. Um, Patrick, I feel like you ha we're having some luck finding spots. Do you know where we could place this screen nuke? Yeah, let's just place it right over here. Where should I put it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> go ahead and roll to overcome with Clever. Uh, plus two. Plus two. All right, you think uh, far east side, far east side, the boiler. Yeah, let's place it in the boiler. I mean, that that makes perfect sense, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 it'll heat the nuke up and it'll go mm -hmm. Yeah, so you place it, you've got one explosive on the very far eastern wing, one explosive in the very far western wing, one in the very center, and so you've got your explosives placed. What would you like to do? Run out of the building and hit the button. Uh, yeah, we probably should get some cover, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You... Grab our horses too. Grab the horses too. Make sure they're out of the way. Yeah, you you find the horses like, man, there's weird stuff going on up there. There's two ladies having a big old cat fight on the roof. Yeah, we need to talk to the witch later. But for now, you take the other horses and you giddy on up back to the stable. And they start running off. And one of the horses is like, all I wanted to do was see them turn into a giant woman. <laughs> How many TV shows can we throw into this campaign? Exactly. All of them. Uh, all right. Yeah, you go rushing off far, far away from the community center to the point where, you know, let's say you go back to Rasmodis' tower. That's pretty far away from the yeah, community yeah, yeah, center. Yeah. It's way far. Presumably you've got some kind of remote detonation system set detonation up. Detonation device. Yep. All right. At the same time, put our hands in. All right. Put the hands in and push. And with the stunt of explosives, for a moment, it goes completely silent. 
and then everything is light and everything is sound. All perceivable aspects of the world around you are burning in a single instant. Total protonic reversal. Cats living with dogs in harmony. Complete madness. <laughs> no. Good reference. And uh, we're going to fast forward to the construction site of the new community center in Stardew Valley in Pelican Town, I think is actually the name of the yes, town. Yes, it is Pelican Town. Mm. Good job. Okay. And uh, Lewis is standing next to you, Louise, and he's like, well, uh, I wasn't entirely convinced, but I think it's coming along pretty well. Uh, what does the beginnings of the construction of the new community center look like? Um, so it's going to look um, kind of like a castle. And inside, there's a little open area, like with tables that people can hang out and play games at. And it has like an open roof concept that, but that can like remote close for like rainy days or cold days. But it's got like a lot of tables, like picnic type tables in the center. Um, so we've got those placed just so we can kind of have a general idea of how many we want in there. Um, but then outside of that, there are little offshoot rooms that there's like a little coffee shop where you can go get your coffee and it's like a little kitchen area. And then there's like another little area that's full of board games that you can go pick from. And But it all looks like a giant castle. And at the top floor, there's a first floor and a top floor. We haven't gotten to the top floor yet, but the top floor is just going to be one big library. Ooh, nice. Mm -hmm. But we're just right now got most of like the wood up some of the, like the corner rooms have gotten like the full wall up mm -hmm. but the outside is brick nice very very sturdy tm tm okay cool perfect and as you're kind of showing the mayor around all the various games in this room uh, you see the arcade cabinets that have been transplanted here from the star drop saloon and Clint is currently pounding away at one of them and he slams a panel on the side and turns to you Bob and says well, we got your machine fixed if you want to go back inside. I love Clint's voice so much. It's so perfect. Like none of them have actual speaking voices, but that sounds exactly like I imagine Clint. It's exactly what he would sound like. Yeah, Clint uh, looks at you, Bobby. He's like, I don't know why we had the mayor trying to fix this in the first place when I'm the one who fixes stuff in this town. But here we are. I do my job well. You do, Clint. Oh, thank you very much. It looks beautiful. Um, I was hoping maybe I could stick around the town a little longer, though. Yeah, now that you've defeated Fector, your ancient arch-nemesis, and sent them back to whatever realm from beyond the beyond they initially came from, there's not going to be a lot for you to do in this machine, I would imagine. Well, I mean, I could hang out. I do have a wife in there. Oh, oh, well. I don't want to go back yet, though. I get that. Yeah, if I suppose if you decide that you like it out here better than you like it in there, I know this witch in the woods. Oh, no, it's it's fine. I like my wife. I just really enjoy the three-dimensional world. Well, maybe I can look up and talk to Rasmodius about bringing your wife here. That would be lovely. And I do still have to fix up the rest of your dead pixels. We don't want your wife seeing you like that. No, they're pretty cool. These are what we call scars where I'm from. Oh, the chicks dig a man with scars. She really digs him. And he holds up his gnarled blacksmith hands covered in burn scars and whatnot. High five, brother. I'm gonna high five him. Freeze frame <laughs> as we transition over to Patrick. 
you've got your ticket. The train is about to come into the station. How are you feeling about your time here in Stardew Valley? Well, I got my paycheck and, you know, uh, can't say that this was the first time that an ex has tried to ruin my life. So pretty normal day for me. I think I'll go back to New York and uh, get myself a drink and a hot dog and move on to my next job. And Lewis comes up to say goodbye to you and he's like, part of me feels like it would be thematically appropriate of me if I were to invite you to stay. But also, it seems like you don't want to stay, and you're kind of a big sleaze bag, and I'm not sure we want you around here anymore. <laughs> if I had a nickel. All right, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> yeah, if we ever have any more ghost problems, I mean, there are ghost problems still in the mines, completely separate from all that stuff that was going on with Fector in the first place. So maybe we'll come to hire you again someday. Who knows? All right, my rates have gone up a little bit, but... Maybe we won't hire you again. <laughs> but he gives you a firm handshake and says, see you maybe never again. Sounds good. And as you go chugga-chugga-chugging off into the distance, the sun begins to set on Pelican Town here in the Valley of Stardews. All of the villagers begin gathering to the south of town for a grand festival full of delicious foods and dancing and exchanging of gifts. And I think that's where we're going to conclude our adventure here in the world of Starboo Valley. <laughs> well, everybody... That was fun. Our first fake campaign in like a year and a half. Man, that took some getting back into to remember <laughs> how to play this game. Right? I was going to say, just like true fashion for me, the last episode just goes crazy. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Thomas, this is the first time you've done one of these improvised campaigns. What did you think of that? Yeah, it was. Um, I uh, take it or leave it. Yeah. Fair enough. No, it was great. Actually, I really enjoyed it. I mean, if I'm allowed back on the show then I'll do it again sometime. We'll, we'll think about it. We'll take a poll. Yeah, yeah, take a poll. Well, yeah, uh, I'm going to put a poll in the chat right now with no context. And <laughs> yeah, see, put a poll in the chat. Yeah, I'm going to go to the, the patron discord right now and put a poll up saying, should I be allowed back on the show? No context to it. <laughs> All right. I'm excited <laughs> to see how that turns out. They, they'll, they'll understand in like a month when this episode comes out. And they'll be like, oh. Now I see. I see. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. If you have opinions on whether we should let Thomas back in, go join the Patreon and then you can vote too. But uh, just be aware that Thomas is the moderator on our Discord. So if you try and speak out too strongly against him, you might get the ban hammer. <laughs> it's okay. We've banned Thomas multiple times. Don't worry. About it. Oh man, Christian already voted. That's crazy. He voted no. <laughs> that caveman. It was me. It was me. <laughs> oh, that was you. I'm on Christian's Discord. Oh, jeez. No, I'm changing it to yes. Well, good old fans, we'll be sure to let you know how this plays out. <laughs> oh man. You know, I'm glad that I rewatched Ghostbusters last night uh, before we did this recording. You did? Yeah, that helps. Yeah, it's a good movie, turns out. It's a really good movie. I love it. I still need to watch the new one with Paul Rudd. I love Paul Rudd. I'd love to see the end of it sometime. <laughs> yeah. And the practical effects in that, that's the thing that I was kind of surprisingly most impressed with going through this watch. Like the eggs exploding at the very beginning. Like there's a whole bunch of crazy stuff that they do in that movie. It's real fun. I'm a big fan. In any case, uh, it's time for me to start thinking about what our next campaign is going to be. But in the meantime, thanks for listening to Improv Tabletop, and we'll be back next month with more adventures in a brand new setting. If you want more, go and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as a man who was able to physically defeat the traumas of an ex if you would go ahead and give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop, so if you'd like to connect with us there, uh, maybe you want to talk with JP about some of his favorite classic movies from the 80s, then don't be afraid to reach out. 
Now it's time to shout out our next batch of Sticker Club patrons. <laughs> this week, we're shouting out Sammy Ryan, Sarah Martin, and Stuttering GM. Oh, man. Nice. I'm a little biased towards one of those patrons. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> I've waxed poetic long enough about her. She knows. Yeah, Sarah's pretty great. She's Sarah's very kind. Sarah's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, these three people are, you know, if there are three people out there in the world who have more hours in Stardew Valley than Thomas, it's got to be maybe one of these three. Maybe all three of them put together possibly <laughs> the number to beat is 530 yeah well these uh these three are the head uh, architectural team working with louise on the new community center building a grand old castle that does not have an altar on top of it no no altar because um because yep yeah because that's reasonable i don't want an altar i don't need any reason besides that <laughs> this doesn't fit the vibe exactly it's got the open ceiling kind of thing yeah. you don't want to put an altar on top of that no. to mess it all up no that they all deserve raises because they're doing fantastic. Yes. Thank you for your wonderful job here. We'll have more Sticker Club patrons to shout out next week. And if you, dear listener, want to join their ranks, consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash improv tabletop, where you can also get things like Discord access, where you can vote on whether Thomas should be allowed to remain in the cast, biannual sticker packs, where you can see me, Christian, and Connor as Sonic characters, <laughs> and more, such as our current ongoing patron-exclusive campaign, Dumbledore's Delinquents. Yeah. Woo! Yep, crazy times going on over there. Time shenanigans aplenty. Timey wimey stuff. Oh, our good friend Michael Sear, the founding patron, just messaged back in the Discord under the poll, hashtag democracy is an illusion. <laughs> he voted no. Thomas, you're losing the poll. Mikey, if you're listening, come on, man. <laughs> Two to one. Oh, no. No, I'm going to quit the podcast. You can't fire me. <laughs> well, you're going to have to stay on as the moderator. Oh, fine. Well, everybody, <laughs> uh, let's do a round of plugs real quick. This is taking a turn I did not anticipate. <laughs> Democracy is an illusion. Yeah, uh, JP, apparently. would you like to handle the plugs this week? Yeah, so we have a sister podcast called iCast Fireball, which is pretty great. Go give that a listen. And I would also say go watch Bob's Burgers. Oh, heck yeah, man. Love me some Bob's Burgers. Yep, that's a great show. Yeah. There's part of me that's wondering, like, does this fill our quota for a Bob's Burgers themed campaign? Absolutely not. No. Okay. No, if you, and if you ever do it, please invite me on the show. I love that show. Evan will be so mad if you do a campaign of Bob's Burgers without him in it. Yeah. I, I love yeah. Bob's Burgers. Okay, so. That'll be the next one. Bob's Burgers and something else. The Return of Linda. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'll reach out to Evan and see what he thinks. I know that he's ridiculously busy with his master's degree. He is. We might have to hold off on that one, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. In any case, thanks everybody for joining us here in the world of Starboo Valley. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by Justin Porter, aka JP, and I could really use a burger right now. McKenna Steele, and I'm gonna go probably play Stardew Valley. Thomas Ryan, same. Bless. <laughs> Let's start a farm. Much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next time on Improv Tabletop. Wait, shoot. Bob's Burgers and Doctor Who. It's a time-traveling diner. I think we could probably live without Shrekter Who. Oh, Star Shrek. <laughs> I mean, you could even, if you want to go all the way, all Star Shrek. Just throwing it out there, man.